Hello, my dear friends. This is Dan Jones, and I have another quiet talk to share with you today. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? That may sound like a strange question, but if you're a Christian, you need to answer it. The word disciple is so common in the Gospels that we seldom think about what it really means. We know, of course, that Jesus had disciples. Another word for disciple is learner. Now, we often think of learning as acquiring certain facts to stock our brain with. But there's much, much more to being a disciple than just getting more stuff in your head. The learning here is more along the lines of learning a way of life. It's patterning our lives on the life of Jesus. He said it like this, A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. The goal of a disciple of Jesus is to be like Jesus. For many people, being like Jesus just means to be a nice person, to treat others well. That is part of being like Jesus, of course. In the Sermon on the Mount, he said, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. But there's so much more to following Jesus than just being nice to people. To tell the truth, Jesus did and said things that many folks today would not consider to be very nice, but that's not what this talk is about. What is the essence of discipleship? I don't think it's very hard to answer this question if you're using the Bible as a reference. In Matthew 16, 24, we read these words that came from the lips of Jesus. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. It might make you feel just a bit better to know that the 12 disciples who were also called apostles didn't understand this statement when they first heard it, but each and every one of them ultimately came to understand it fully. So what exactly did Jesus mean here? Well, I I think we all know what it meant for Jesus to pick up his cross. It meant a horrible and shameful death, being nailed to a cross of wood and hung up there before a leering mob to experience a slow and painful death. So, Dan, are you saying that I have to be literally crucified to be a disciple of Jesus? Not exactly. But to be a disciple, you must die. For most of us, that won't be a physical death, but a death just the same. The death that is required of every disciple is the death of the will. Our free will is what makes us human, and it is the most powerful human thing we possess and also the most dangerous. In our fallen state, we want our own way. It is our fatal flaw. So the function of the cross is to deliver us from self-will. Our stubborn will is put to death in the cross of Jesus. And this is the ultimate following of Christ. He said in John chapter 6, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. As a human being, Jesus of Nazareth had a will, just like you and me. But in his case, he always surrendered his human will 
to the will of God the Father. If he had not done so, he could not have saved us from our sin. And when he came to the cross, he prayed in Gethsemane, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. That was the cup Jesus had to drink. And that is the cup every one of his followers must drink as well. As a teenager, I read what Jesus said to those who were following after him in Luke chapter 14. Let me share those words with you. Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. I'm sure most of you understand this language, but for any who don't, Jesus didn't mean we have to have a bitter loathing for our family members. This was merely a Semitic idiom, which means that you must love Jesus more than any other person in your life, even your closest loved ones. That's tough. But as a boy, I told Jesus that I wanted to live that out. I didn't really know what all it would mean for me and but I was serious, and he took me at my word. Recently, this passage came back to me very powerfully when we said goodbye to our son and his family who have moved out of state. My wife and I have practically raised these two grandchildren they have given us from the time their mom went back to work a few months after the older child, Stella, was born. Stella is four, and her little brother, Henry, is two and a half. When she was a baby at our house, I would put her down for nap. There was a room with her crib in it and a rocking chair in which I would rock Stella. and She would lay her head on my shoulder. I would sing to her, and she would go to sleep. What a precious memory that is to me. After we said goodbye to them and pulled out of their driveway, these verses from Luke came to me with great intensity. As the tears streamed down my face, it was as if Jesus himself was saying to me, Dan, do you love me more than you love your grandchildren? I can't really put this into words, but if you have grandchildren, you might understand somewhat. Those little ones had become such a part of our lives. They can wrap your heart around their pudgy little fingers. Through my tears, I told the Lord that I loved him more than anyone else. For me, this was just another aspect of dying to self to my own will. My will is that we live close to all our children and grandchildren, but that isn't God's will right now, evidently. Just like Jesus said to his father in the garden, all things are possible for you. I believe that with all my heart. But my life right now, I sincerely believe, is shaped to a great extent by what I said to my precious Savior over 50 years ago. Lord, I choose to love you more than anybody. Obviously, this desire has not always been true for me, but 
When we make such a commitment to Jesus, he begins that long work in our lives to bring us to the point of full surrender, to the fulfillment of what's been called the crucified life. This latest is still a tender spot in my heart, but I believe that I can honestly say that as I look back at my life, especially at those times when I faced what I guess you could call Gethsemane experiences, I wouldn't trade any of them for the world because of what they accomplished in my life. It has truly been worth it all. So my friend, let me ask you again, are you a disciple of Jesus? There's nothing else in the world worth the joy and eternal reward of following him of allowing the Holy Spirit to take these hard things in our lives and use them to mold us into his image. Because indeed, the reward is really Christ himself. He wants to give us all of him, but for that to happen, we must give him all of us. Make that commitment today. He'll work with you and lovingly bring you to that place where Jesus is all in all to you. It won't be easy, but I can tell you that it will be worth it. Heavenly Father, thank you, Jesus, as you have called us by name. You've called us to follow you. You've invited us to take up our crosses, to follow Jesus in order that we might die to self and live to you, that you might give yourself fully to us, Lord, we might have that reward of knowing Christ, the greatest reward there can possibly be. I pray that my listeners today, Lord, will be inspired to give everything to Jesus. Lord, whatever situation they're going through may be very difficult, that they would lay it at your feet and that they would embrace the cross of Jesus Christ. For your sake, we pray. Amen. My dear friends, there are some of us who are seeking to plant a new work in this connected in New York area. And it's not easy, but God has brought together a small group of very committed people, people that love the Lord Jesus Christ. We're seeking to give our all to Him and for this work. It's called the Bread of Life Anglican Church. We meet Sundays at 10 o'clock at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. That's the American Legion Hall. If you don't have a church home and you live in that area, we'd love to meet you. If you don't live in that area, please pray for us. As always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. I pray God's richest blessing in your life.